Well, this is a bit of a one-off for the My Dialorama podcast. We're taking a little break from our regular discussions to focus on campaigning and sponsorship. But for now, we're including audio interviews today with Rich Lucano, a.k.a. Fondoop. Fondoop is the musical outfit of Sydney artist Rich Lucano. His ambient tunes and evocative soundscapes found quite a following amongst restless, locked-in listeners during COVID. His masterful sampling of everyday sounds picked up during his many travels lends itself particularly well to visual art. In fact, as a bit of a film buff, he is looking into pivoting towards film soundtracks. I submitted a series of questions to Rich Lucano to find out more about what drives his music, how he records samples and what he wants to do next. Hi there, Abla. Um, firstly, um, please correct any pronunciation there, um, but I'm hoping I have pronounced your name correctly. Um, thanks so much for the questions. Um, so let me get into your questions. Um, you've traveled extensively and have drawn on the places. Um, what drove me to those countries? I am really lucky um, that I got to travel back when traveling was a thing. Um, feels like a bit of a distant memory at the moment. Um, and I guess I was lucky enough to go to places like Mexico. I spent a lot of time in Cuba, um, Japan, and um, lived, in the, lived in the USA for a couple of years. Um, I guess in terms of the soundscapes that you're talking about, really uh, the, the whole tapestry of soundscapes that worked their way into my past few releases were were all recorded either on trips to Japan, Mexico, or Cuba. What drove me there? You know, Japan and Mexico are so different, you know, in many ways polar opposites, but one thing I love is the way that they um, they breed modernity with um, absolute respect for traditions and, and rituals and that, that kind of... Uh, that juxtaposition of of the the ancient with the modern, um, I, I love that about both of those countries. And um, you know, it's 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 they're, this, they're sort of places you can just get lost in, right? Um, Cuba uh, was a a much more sort of spiritual calling. Um, a, I nearly quit music when I was a teen because I was sort of in the classical piano uh, routine at school and it was it was because of a teacher introducing me to um, a bunch of different Cuban pianists and Cuban musicians um, and learning Montunos and I guess different Latin standards um, that really I guess reignited my interest in the piano and music and, and kind of I guess kept me on this path. Um, so I wasn't really expecting to find those soundscapes um, but, but Cuba in particular, I think it all started in Cuba. Um, the streets are just alive. It, it's, if you could just, if you could blindfold yourself and walk through Cuba, you would still feel all the color. You would, you would feel the spirit and the soul, um, particularly Havana. Um, 
And so really it's, it's just, it was too good to not record. So I would, I would spend days by myself just walking around, walking around with a field recorder and, and capturing all these incredible sounds from, um, you know, the distant sort of echoes of, of Santa Maria, uh, ceremonies coming out of windows to, uh, I mean, even the sounds of, of fruit vendors and, um, you know, uh, one of the, one of the things about Havana is, is there's a lot of items you just, you can't find in shops. Um, and, uh, and so you've basically got to be on the street at the right time when, you know, this, this particular vendor is selling that thing. And so it's, there's a lot of yelling going on. Um, you know, something as simple as, uh, as like wet wipes, like, like sanitary wipes. I remember the person that I was staying with, that, that was an absolute luxury. And, you know, somebody just happened to be yelling out that they had them on the streets. So it's funny because they're, they're very everyday, they're really everyday sounds. Um, they don't have a, a lot of meaning w- within their context. Um, but, 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 you know, outside when you sort of repurpose them and recontextualize them, um, they take on whole new meaning. You know, I mean, I think one of the tracks of mine has, uh, has somebody yelling about bananas, you know, um, in a market. But, you know, this, this sort of weathered old Cuban man who's been yelling about bananas for 30 years. I mean, it was just the most beautiful sound, um, that it, you know, it just somehow worked in the track. Um, and then, you know, in Japan, I was really, I guess, yeah, probably, probably one of the samples I'm, I feel so lucky to have captured was, um, outside a temple in, in Teshima, um, outside a shrine. And, uh, that worked its way onto, onto armor. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure I've given you way too much here. So you, you're, you're welcome to just take what you like from this, but, uh, yeah, just a, uh, one of those beautiful moments where, you know, a couple of years later, I was working on this ambient track and, um, had been very inspired by sort of Japanese pearl divers. And, um, and, and they're all female Japanese pearl divers, um, which is actually what the name means, armor. Um, but, um, just by chance, I was going through my samples, my field recordings, and I, I just found this angelic Japanese vocal that that I that I'd captured in Teshima and it just worked perfectly. So just just a fluke really. Oh maybe it's not a fluke. Maybe some kind of magical universal synergy where, you know, that the track inspired by female Japanese pearl divers are, you know, perfectly matched with a a female Japanese vocal that was found on an island in Japan. So um, you know, it's 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 really it's really like finding uh, buried treasure, I think, um, field recording. And I, I try and do as much of it as possible. Um, because even things that seemingly don't seem that interesting in the moment, they can, yeah, they can take on a whole new meaning when they're, when they're recontextualized. Um, what music and musicians have influenced my sound? Oh God, this is, this is the sort of question I probably should have prepared for, um, beforehand. <laughs> um, Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponge constantly taking in, um, influences from everywhere. And, 
I don't know, that might sound really passe, um, but the, the artists that influence me the most um, are those who don't settle, who don't, who don't decide that they have a sound um, or, or an aesthetic. They just commit themselves to that one um, or, or style, you know, for their whole career. I mean, um, Italian, the Italian artist Lucio Battisti has had a huge influence on me. Um, you know, if you think about oh, people like Flying Lotus, um, people like Bowie, um, people like Herbie Hancock, um, Miles Davis, I mean, these artists, they, they don't sleep. Um, they're always changing and shifting. Brian Eno is a huge one. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm, I think it's that, it's that constant quest for, uh, for the creation of something that hasn't been heard before, really, that, that keeps me going. And I feel like those artists, Share that quest. Um, so anyone who's doing that is 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 kind of really, I guess, who is who is guiding guiding me on my path, um, or anyone who has done that, I should say. Uh, has the music that I've created over time evolved, and have my intentions or processes changed? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think. I've only become conscious recently how much um, the way that you make music is is such a reflection of where you're at in your life at in, at that given moment, and it's such a reflection of your relationship with yourself at that time. Um, and um, I I think I originally started from Jupe. I'd been in a, a funk rock band, and I I just. I wanted to try to create something. It felt like what I'd been, what I was making in this band. I felt like I was retreading, you know, um, old paths that had been done. And, and I wanted to do something where I, I, I felt like a, you know, an explorer, really an explorer of sound. Um, and I think that exploration definitely, um, has, has kind of been the torch, has been the, the North Star for the majority of, um, I guess my, my tenure under this moniker, but, um, I guess the way that that's evolving is I'm, I'm listening to myself a lot more and, um, realizing that I've been scared to do that in the past. Um, and so naturally the, the style of music that I'm making is shifting because it's, it's less about wanting to, prove a point sonically, although that is important to me. Um, it's more about ensuring that whatever I'm saying is completely honest and true to my experience at that time. Um, that that I think that sounds simple in a way, but it's, it's probably the most challenging thing I've ever done. Um, I guess it's, you know, peeling back those layers and trying to get closer and closer to yourself. Um, you know, that it's, it's, it's a, it can be not fun. It can be, there can be some caves 
that you don't want to walk into. Um, but that's usually where the, uh, where the treasure is, is lying or where the gold is hiding. Um, and I think that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, that's, that's, that's what's really interesting me. And I guess if I compare myself now to when I started out, maybe the old version of me probably really cared about what people think. And, and don't get me wrong. If, if, if music doesn't have anyone listening to it, then I don't know. Is it even music? Uh, so it's important to me that people hear the music, but the, the music I'm about to release, I think for me, I've, I've never been, uh, I've never been so, uh, I guess, uh, it's, it's never been so unimportant to me how it's received because I know it's real and, uh. I don't think you can argue with real. I don't think you can argue with honest. And, um, you know, if, if, if somebody doesn't like it or if it doesn't land well, it really doesn't bother me. Um, uh, because it's, it's a, it's a, it's basically a direct channel to whatever, whatever was going on at that time. Um, so yeah, it's taken some time to build that bridge, but it's, it's nice to be operating from that zone, um, a lot more. The evocative, dreamy, transportative qualities of my work. Thank you for these words, by the way. Um, escapism is absolutely part of, uh, of what I'm aiming for. I really, I do put a lot of effort into the sound design of my tracks. Um, and I probably take an approach to my tracks that is, um, a little more filmic. Um, I, I, I like to create microcosms uh you know in my sounds kind of like uh oh, i'm gonna have to go what do you call them the little the little glass things with the grass in them terrarium kind of like a terrarium you know I, that's what that's kind of how i want each track to be to be kind of self-sustaining for you to be able to put on a pair of headphones and 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 yeah be transported somewhere so there are some tracks that lend themselves more to that, lend, lend themselves more to that than others. Um, but it is, that is absolutely one of the aims. So it was, I think in many, in many ways, it was right place, right time. Um, that Armour in particular, uh, and Neptuno for that, for that matter came out, uh, you know, when, when we were in lockdown really here in Australia, I, I, I know a lot of people who, uh, who traveled, they couldn't travel physically, so they traveled in other ways uh, through lockdown. I know, uh, I know the word psilocybin was thrown around uh, quite a bit, um, and yeah, it it feels like those tracks uh, played to some of that, I guess, longing for to be connected to to something greater, to be you know, to feel um, to feel a part of something, which was so hard to feel when we were all locked in our apartments. Um, so, so yeah, it, uh, intentional, but I think, um, the nature of what everyone was going through definitely complemented things. Um, how do I conceptualize? Yeah, look, the visual component is, is so important. Um, it's twofold for me, I guess similar, like just, just going, building on my terrarium point from earlier, 
I like to have, I like each track to have a sense of place, even if it's a made up place. Um, I really want, I really want to know where you're going with the track, not just emotionally, but, um, but visually. Um, I think that's something that classical music did so well. And I think it's something that, 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 so, you know, sound, soundtrack music, uh, a lot of ambient music does a great job of. Um, and I find a lot of vocal led, um, electronica, you know, you can, you can be distracted a little by the vocals. Um, and it's a little harder to travel. So I guess the vocal is always trying to provide that grounding, but the instrumentation is definitely always there to, to paint a picture for you. Um, you know, Neptuno was, was particularly galactic, um, in its, in its kind of, um, conception. In terms of the videos, it, it really differs. Um, I, some of the partners I've worked with, some of the ideas they've put forward have been so incredible that, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, we come to a middle ground, I guess. Um, you know, it's really, I actually really love that process. You know, Silo is a great example. Um, you know, the, the story behind Silo was really one of, I guess, a lot of inner torment. I, you know, it was kind of written from a place of, um, real disappointment and depression. Um, and I guess this, I really went into it was this sense of this, this mental, mental tug of war. And, uh, Alex Leeway, who's just a phenomenal director, he, uh, you know, he interpreted that as, as, as two dancers, um, kind of embodying that, that, uh, that tension, um, that mental tension, that tug of war within the mind. Um, and, you know, I mean, it took us, it probably took us a year and a half to conceptualize the silo video and, and maybe three years to create. Um, yeah, it's, it was a, it was a, it was a long process. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm incredibly proud of, of what we, what we achieved on that one. And, um, hopefully we'll be working with Alex again really soon. Um, how do I envisage the audio and visual work in the next few years? Hopefully a lot more film work, you know, um, I, I obsess over film. Um, I really do. And, uh, you know, I, uh, for me, the thing I love about film and music is, um, I feel like when you're an artist, um, as hard as you may try, there is, there is always a level of ego, uh, in the music because it's, it's coming out under your name. Um, I've done, I've done work for, for TV and film before. And the thing I love most is uh the thing i love most is that there is no ego there is zero ego involved your job is to serve the characters on screen you know the setting on screen and the audience and you're not allowed no one cares who you are no, nobody cares um all that matters is that moment it is it is it is in so many ways the most present form of music making um and I, I just love that i love that 
you know, it, it, it actually makes it easier when you're, um, when you're removing yourself from the equation. Um, and I've heard a few, uh, composers talk about this. I think I heard Johnny Greenwood talking about this, um, about a month ago in terms of his, his process. Um, it's, yeah, so that's, uh, that's definitely, I'd love to do more of that. The other thing that's kind of already in motion, um, is a lot more installation work. So um, I currently have an installation on display in Canberra, which is the capital of Australia, which uh, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people think it's Sydney. Um, but uh, there's a light work with one of my ambient tracks, um, a light sculpture, I should say. Um, I've been working on uh, an incredible, uh, what we're calling a visual ceremony, a sort of 360-degree work, Um with a, a uh, production and visual outfit called Babe Call. Um, and uh, we'll hopefully have that uh, at festivals this year. Um, a couple of other really exciting installations on the cards. And um, I work with my partner on, uh, on, on uh, contemporary sound baths, um, kind of so- sonic ceremonies, um, you could call them, uh, We've, we've toured these before and, um, we'll be, we'll be hitting the road with those again next year, which I'm really excited about, you know, um, a few hundred people lying on the ground in the dark, uh, listening to, uh, live performed ambient music and being guided through, uh, uh, I guess rites of passage, um, which is, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, just a, I guess just an extra note there. I probably should have said it within the, within that response. But my partner, who's a psychologist, um, that's a probably key point there. Thanks so much, Abla. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing it all come together. Thank you everyone for listening.